0: You're listening to a recording by Lisa Page. For further information about events, programs or mentoring, please visit www.lisapage.com. That's L-I-S-A-P-A-G-E dot com.
1: Thank you so much for joining us today here on Lisa Page Live. It really is my deep soul honor to introduce to you Sarah Beek, I'm sure some of you on the call have been, have loved her work long time, as have I. It's my pleasure to have an intimate conversation with her today, not only because I was deeply struck by her latest offering, Red Relations, but also because I feel that soul loss and soul retrieval and becoming fully human is something that we all deeply ache to live and yet it's not an easy journey by any stretch of the imagination and it's filled with contradiction and it's filled with missteps and misguidance and what I love about Sarah's latest book among many things is that what I feel she's really saying is do it your way trust your way trust your soul path especially in an age where we are inundated by information gurus teachers telling us what to do and how to do it so today the topic of the conversation is revelation soul retrieval sacred wounds and coming back to life as true love And we'll explore soul loss and retrieval in the journey to becoming fully human and truly wildly alive. We'll talk with Sarah about facing and feeling your deepest wounds so that the heartbreak of being human can show you the way to incarnating the true love that you are. And that's something that we intuit that we are love, but the question is how to live it. And we'll also explore the darker realms, what it feels like how to handle it, what to do, how to be in it, when it really does feel like love has left the building. And that process of death and rebirth that we're always going through can be intense, so we'll talk about that. And we'll also talk about doing it your way, so you daring to speak your truth, trusting your soul's path, and really giving your gifts to a world that can be pretty brutal. So the official welcome uh, introduction to Sarah, for those of you who don't know her or her work, uh, Sarah is a Harvard-trained scholar of comparative world religions. She's the author of Red Relations, A Soul's Journey to Becoming Human, which has just been released. And before that, uh, the book that I first came into contact with was Red Hot and Holy, A Heretic's Love Story. And before that, She wrote the Red Book, A Deliciously Unorthodox Approach to Igniting Your Divine Spark. So you're probably noticing that there is a bit of a a common theme, which is red, uh, which is a thread that weaves through Sarah's life and indeed all of her work. Now, I'll tell you what the New York Times says about Sarah, and then I'll share a little story about what inspired me to invite Sarah on the show So the New York Times called her a little while back one of the new role models for her generation and her work has been published in magazines ranging from People to Dutch Glamour, Washington Woman, Spirituality and Health, Publishers Weekly. I hear that and I think that's really important because I I feel that it's important that Sarah's work and work like Sarah's gets out into the mainstream. And yet I can also feel this deep truth which is all of that is, important and yet what's important is is who she is today and how she is showing up in her own life and what we can each glean from this intimate conversation so i'm going to open sarah's line now (laughs) okay i don't know sarah (laughs) there's some little gremlins i don't normally have this trouble but there are little gremlins in there today welcome
2: Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I appreciate your fortitude with the tech the side. And, um, thank you for this that really gorgeous introduction. I really appreciate it.
1: You're very welcome. So, listen, when I first reached out to you, uh, it was because I felt deeply called to and also because we have some threads of uh, connection between us there was Andrew Harvey who I know uh, has probably both held in flashes of time our hearts tenderly and also given us a royal kick up the backside um, on our soul (laughs) journey and I remember reading about that in in Red Hot and Holy and then there's our dear friend, uh, Robert Rabin, who recently passed away, who I only know my conversations with Robert. And I know that he held my heart very tenderly in my soul and also gave me a, a good kick up the butt when I needed to. So I feel like we have that in common. And then also we have these other beautiful connections in in uh, Mirabai Star and um, and some other beautiful people. And so... It felt really right to reach out to you with your offering of Red Relations. And I really want to sincerely thank you and congratulate you for the birth of it because I know that it's not easy to birth anything, having birthed a baby and having birthed uh, art and work myself, but to birth something that is a an embodiment of your soul retrieval as you have done it. I can only imagine what an intense and also liberating process it was. So I really want to, to thank you sincerely. And I'd really like to dive in to start with an exploration around soul as you define it. I mean, I've read the book, maybe not everyone has read the book, so I think that's important as you define it. And also perhaps a moment in time or a time in your life where you realized I, I have lost parts of my soul. I, I'm not fully embodied as my soul. Mm-hmm.
2: Sure. So soul has many different definitions. Um, and I really encourage people to come up with their own based on their own experience. For mm. me, um, our soul is our organic nature It's our truest identity. It's our raw essence. And it's an intimate and integral part of this universe. But it's also distinct, sovereign, and an expression of its own universe. So for Mm -hmm. me, the soul is both the most human thing about us and the most divine thing about us. And you know, oh, it's just full that. of yeah. It's full of paradox. It's full of paradox. Mm-hmm. So it um, it's something that I am still learning about every single day, and it's something mm-hmm. I suspect I will continue to be learning about. You know, for the rest of my life and life.
1: I love that you said it's the the most human part of us and the most divine part of us, and I think that in a world where transcendence of this human body is what has been taught for however many thousands of years, to me in my body I feel a relief. There's this Mm -hmm. relief of someone articulating out loud what I think we all know intuitively and yet perhaps have not been taught. And therefore, I think, is the confusion. A lot of people are walking around the planet, I think, without realizing that their soul has fragmented and and the idea of calling it back is not a question they might have even asked. So maybe you can share with us what what woke you up to that realization. Yeah. Um, I...
2: Ever since I was a child, I was very passionate about and fascinated with spirituality, and that passion led me to study comparative world religions in college and graduate school, and after that, I moved to the Bay Area, which when you live in the Bay Area, your whole spiritual world just expands exponentially because it's the Bay Area, (laughs) and it was from that place. (laughs) that I wrote my first book, The Red Book, um, and I wrote it for young women who I felt had really been left out of the spiritual traditions that I was studying. And after that book came out, there was a surge in my professional life. And I had a lot of really wonderful opportunities that showed up, including, you know, that piece from the New York Times that you just quoted mm-hmm. earlier and just many things popped up and one of them was to direct and create a feature documentary and in that documentary and during that filming I had the honor to interview the union psychoanalyst Marion Woodman who just recently mm-hmm. passed this past year oh, um, yeah so she it was a real real honor to meet her in person I had read her work for years, but I had, this was something I was just really excited about. Um, and when I sat down to interview her, it's when I had the realization after she started talking that despite my passion and despite all my mystical experiences and my travels and my studies and my career success and spirituality, Um, I did not have my soul Hmm. and this was not a mental realization it wasn't anything that Marion was saying it was just how she was being she was just fully herself she was all in her body she was both that delicious and confusing and awesome mixture of divine and human and (laughs) And I just I just you know, it hit me hard. Um, I was very shocked. I was uh, totally devastated, um, and I, I realized, you know, I couldn't no longer do this sort of work. I couldn't work with other people or contribute to the world effectively if I did not have my soul. And so that led me to pulling back from my personal and professional life and taking that deep dive um, to really try to figure out how I had lost my soul and where it was. And my second book, Hot and Holy, really documents um, much of that process. And at the end of that book, I come to the realization that – I had this divine soul, this distinct divine soul. After that book and after that process, I realized that wasn't enough for my soul connection, that I couldn't really embody my divinity without fully embodying my humanity. And so that mm. led me through another process um, where I remembered and reclaimed my human soul. And that's the part that I write about in Revelations, the third book. Um, And here's the thing that I learned in that process. Um, You know, I am not alone in this. Marion Woodman, Carl Jung, Bill Plotkin, Thomas Moore, really incredibly wise people out there, all believe that soul loss is an epidemic. So they feel that most people on this planet are disconnected from their soul. And what I've learned is that this is, almost especially true for those of us who have practiced or been studying or following some form of spirituality, even the most modern or new age spiritual paradigms. So there's a really big difference I learned between being spiritual and being soulful. Um, And part of the reason why this is also so emphasized and is that it's not just an individual issue, this soul Mm. loss, that it's also a collective issue because it's behind what many people believe to be um, several or many global issues going on on this planet right now. So doing this sort of work is a privilege right now, unfortunately, due to dire conditions on the planet, but it also makes it a responsibility. And so it's something that I take very seriously And it's something that I think we all share, this soul loss and what it means to start coming back home to ourselves and bringing all these pieces of ourselves back into our body.
1: And something that I want to reflect back as well, when you had that conversation with Marion Woodman, I think it's really important for all of us to recognize that as we embody we ripple out whatever it is that we're embodying and so that reflection back to you that kind of it's almost like two oceans meet and there's this rippling back and forth and there you get to feel all the ways that that you weren't embodying your human soul i remember having a similar feeling with uh, dr clarissa pinkle estes who's one of one of my teachers, and I remember having a conversation actually with Andrew Harvey here on my balcony because um, uh, Dr. Estes was, had not taught. She, was, uh, she did not run events at that point. And I remember finding out that she did, that she was about to, to run one. And I said to Andrew, I don't know why, but I have, to, I have to go there. I have to go be with her. I don't care if she talks about knitting for some reason, I just need to uh, be my my body needs to be with her body
2: yeah.
1: and and that same i had a I had a different experience, but I remember sitting in that room with her and then speaking with her one on one and just feeling this she, the, she was a she is a huge body fully full it's like an egg I don't know how to describe it you know an egg is fully full like she was the there was nothing there is nothing missing and I and I (laughs) watched her in the room whether she was coming into the room and saying hola como estas good morning or whether she was turning to someone with with a clear uh Ferocity isn't the word, but a clear direction, it was all whole and complete in her body. And I she just feels like to me like this Gran Mujer of soul. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. as you move about in your world having reclaimed your soul and continuing to embody the depth and the breadth of who you are as divine and human. That, I think, really is the ultimate gift that we give to everyone around us. And life is always saying, well, what about now? Okay, you know you are love, but what about now? Can you be love now? And then as soon as you say yes, I I feel like life says, okay, and what about now? And it doesn't feel like a test to me, but it does feel like this immense privilege, responsibility and opportunity that arises in every moment. If you were to look back on pivotal moments over the last, let's say, three years as you were writing the book and through to now and releasing the book, are there moments in time that stand out to you when you have felt the, the yes of... I am, and wow, I wouldn't have been embodying this five years ago. Do you have that sense of being able to reflect back and feel the comparison? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. and I think, well,
2: what I can say is, for this process, so, you know, I met Marian Woodman nine years ago, and that's what Mm. started this process. And I would say it's only just now coming to a close. Again, not that I will ever be done with embodying my soul, but this particular process I was in is coming to a close. And this was a very long nine years for me. (laughs) And this was um, very uncomfortable. And most of it was spent in especially the first years with Red Hot and Holy when I pulled away, that that there was so much unknown um, and so much mm. confusion and so much doubt about the darkness that I was in and if it was right and if it was... Um, safe, you know, and if this was me actually truly on my path or me just romanticizing something or me getting lost, you know, all those things that can come up. And I sure. remember during it having very few of these big profound moments. I had mm-hmm. some, but it really wasn't until the end of that little cycle And I remember after the book came out, and I think it was one of my first retreats that I gave after it, where I noticed a profound difference in Mm. my body and my heart and my way of just being myself publicly and privately. But it wasn't something that I knew while I was in that dark womb-like, confusing, unknown place, um, and even yes. though all the all the metaphors are provided for us, you know, like <laughs> the light, the light will come. You know, you like all yeah, the yeah, metaphors yeah, yeah. about being going through your own version of some kind of a dark night of the soul. When mm-hmm. you're in it, you're pretty much like, "Fuck you, I don't care. Yeah. This just
1: sucks." <laughs> you know, yes. it's just
2: yeah. It just sucks. It's so hard. It's like every cell yeah. of your being is getting just wrung out and nothing, yeah. nothing works anymore. Nothing is right anymore. Nothing is true anymore. And so you get so, yeah. you know, just destroyed, <laughs> scorched down to the earth. Um, so that's the thing. Um that I want to, I'm saying this because I think it's really important for anyone who's listening or will be listening to this in the future, that if you're in that place, it's really okay not to have profound moments. Um, And it's really okay to be just like, just fucking frustrated and annoyed and scared and confused. And what all of us can say who have been through it and are continuing to go through it is just keep trusting mm. yourself and this path because often we don't know how much we have changed until after it. And That's for amazing. me, like it wasn't this huge, big, profound, like, oh, now I'm here. Yeah. Thunderbolt. It was really just, right. No, I mean, soul for me is much more subtle mm. and natural and organic and it just makes me more real and actually more ordinary and more okay. With my yeah. daily life and with my body and with the relentless sort of wrestling match with my relationships, so mm-hmm. um, sort of a long answer to your question, but oh, I, I want that. to make sure I <laughs> to reach out to
1: some of the ones that are in, in
2: absolutely. <laughs>
1: well, I think I think the word romanticize is is actually really important because I, uh, having been through some. Uh, pitch black dark nights when you're in it you're in it and I think one of the trademarks is actually that little breathing practice that you thought would be the one that would fix it all or the or the movement practice or the open the book and read the quote I think that's you know kind of one of the telltale signs that there really is nothing I think that poem that I sent you you know when you're lying when you're writhing in agony and there's nowhere to turn and nothing to do, all you mm-hmm. can do is surrender and 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 just be in it. And I think that for all of mm-hmm. us, not knowing, not knowing what's going to happen when you have this tough conversation, not knowing what's going to happen at the, by the end of the day, that that place of not knowing is excruciatingly difficult at times and it's also a very ordinary part of our life every night the sun goes down it's dark for a period of time and then the sun comes up it's an ordinary part of our life but it's also an internal process I think that we all go through in very big ways and in very little ways and and the practice of being in it is messy and tough and sometimes exquisitely uh, delightful when you have moments of, of liberation and always it's an unfolding process of, of dying and being rebirthed and, and it is an ordinary part of our everyday life which is, which is why, as you say... Reclaiming your soul is a very human, essential thing for us to do.
2: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, I want to just, like, emphasize this again just because I'm getting the nudge to do so. Um, you can suck at being in the dark night. Like, you can just yes. suck. Like, you <laughs> cannot surrender. I mean, I was horrible at it. I mean, I was always like, I will just try one more right (laughs) you know like so i feel like you know Mm. even in that you know because there's so much pressure that we put on ourselves for these epic cycles that are very natural and that we've never Mm. really been taught directly to accept as part of of being human and being divine and just being on this Mm. crazy messy planet and i i just you know, there are so many days where even though you know intellectually, you're like, huh, I know I'm not the only person on the planet going through this weird version of yes. dark, darkness. You still, you know, when you go to the grocery store, you're looking around and you're like, they seem to be okay. And that person <laughs> buying oranges seems to be just fine. So maybe it just really is great. Yes, yeah. so yeah, you know again um it's just it's just to to remind mm-hmm. I mean I know I need this reminder that um right. it's okay to even suck at that because just in that yeah. process it's so much bigger than us and it you're just yeah. getting cooked like there was so much yes. that was going on, even in my oh, resistance and my pure sucking dumb of the dark night of the soul. Mm-hmm. I was still just getting cooked and cooked and cooked, even though I couldn't mm-hmm. really know that at the time. And this, your part of something that is so much bigger than you, but so much has your best interest at heart mm-hmm. that when you are kind of released <laughs> from that, or at least given mm-hmm. a break, that reality scoops you up and hugs you to life so hard that all you can feel is love
1: and it I really happen. love it yes yeah and i not to interrupt you i really love that you said that because i have a tendency that's the reason i spoke to it is oh if i do this practice and if i do this and so that has been one of my toughest journeys and i would say still there's uh as you were speaking to it i thought yeah i still have a way to go with that i still i still look to something at times to make it not suck (laughs) to (laughs) right yeah (laughs) of course and i had this vision of, uh, of being when you said being cooked you're being cooked regardless that's it you're being cooked regardless so it's kind of a slow marinade or like I can just feel myself yeah I know I'm being I feel myself in the oven in this pot surrounded by this soup I'm being cooked anyway
2: yeah and just you know make sure that you do things that feel really good for you each day if you can manage it you know I mean for me I would just be like look universe like I can only take so much intensity. And so Mm -hmm. I myself am putting a little break on this and I am going to go watch like Amy Schumer for like eight hours and you all can get back to me later. I'm (laughs) going to go make myself some amazing, you know, macaroni and cheese. I am going to go, you find things that for you feel authentic and good and that your system needs. And one thing I want to emphasize about soul work which to me sometimes can be dramatically different than spiritual work is soul work is constantly asking you to trust yourself and yes. to be awake and aware to your own natural impulses and not smother them with spiritual incense or because you read about the mystics back in college or something but mm-hmm. but what is real for you right now and today mm-hmm. and i think more than anything our souls are trying to help us strengthen our own inner knowing and trust our own body and just do the things that feel really okay for us to do. Mm-hmm. And that's a massive part of what I believe to be embodying our soul. Absolutely. And it's just something to keep in mind. Yeah.
1: Look, I know I totally agree. And in fact, I often say to my, to my clients when they're really in it, that you're all else goes out the window, just make sure you you're nourishing yourself with what what pleases you what what water movement, air, earth, whatever brings you pleasure, because if nothing else, your nervous system needs it it's, it's yeah. it can it's like a it's like a tree, you need to be supple and well hydrated and well. You know, feel the sun on your face just like a tree would. You need to feel that. Otherwise, you get brittle and your nervous system can snap. And I think that's a very real thing for a lot of people that your nervous system can snap if you don't take care of yourself in this process. It's an an essential thing to be able to to do, to to deeply take care of yourself as you you journey through. So tell me... Who has inspired you the most to dare to speak your truth? Well,
2: the woman we've already mentioned, Marion Woodman, is someone that I consider to be a real pioneer in writing and speaking the truth as it comes from her body. So if you read her book, like The Pregnant Virgin, which is one of my favorites, you read it and your brain is like, I don't exactly understand what's happening here, but your body does and your soul does. And so to mm. speak your own natural voice privately or publicly in a painting or in a book Um, That to me is a work of art, no matter what it ends up looking like to other people or sounding like to other people. Um, But Mm -hmm. there are so many people I feel like over the years, even just like little clips that you will get through YouTube of someone in some country who has just stood up and said something that was true for them. And you just Mm -hmm. get the transmission and the reminder. Mm -hmm. Um, There's, there's been many different people and not all of them are well-known, um, but that I sure. just feel incredibly lucky to share a planet with.
1: Mm. I agree. And I think uh, Robert Rabin for me was one of those people who yeah. not just – he didn't just teach how to speak your truth – he did it in every second of every moment that I knew him, and so I think, mm. like you say with when you can be with someone who say, who is whose voice you can feel is resonating through their body unencumbered, there's something deeply trustable about that whether they're, whether what they're saying is different to how you would describe something or a a different opinion. It's all, the content is irrelevant. There's Mm -hmm. that transmission of, of soul that is so deeply trustable.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, he's been a huge influence in my life and someone I'm incredibly grateful to have had some encounters with, um, he 's someone that I know this planet you know deeply misses, and yet we still feel he 's very available mm-hmm. for everyone out there who does not know him <laughs> um to check <laughs> him out and to check his work out because he's he's still right here encouraging all of us mm-hmm. to speak truthfully and i and I agree with you so much, I feel like a lot of what I crave and I sense other humans crave is that soul transmission and it's not some mystical profound perfect thing Mm. it's just a human being real and honest and revealing that moment to moment in a way that's just really natural but it's a way that we all feel as you so beautifully said we feel it we receive it in our whole body and it's like our soul is able (laughs) to sigh and takes them in and it gives us permission then and to be ourselves even more. Mm. So we're all permission givers and I feel like we're each yeah. given that opportunity, you know, every day, whether we're, you know, at the store, in line someplace, traveling. I mean, no matter what we're doing, we're continuously giving permission and receiving permission from humans, and just from life around us. It feels like everything yeah. is just a constant encouragement to be ourselves a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. Yeah.
1: Tell me, what do you feel has been, I don't know, the word characteristic isn't quite right, but there's, there's a capacity that, you have cultivated and are continuing to cultivate it, as am I, as am all of us, t- to trust your soul's path, especially in this day and age where we're where being reflected back by, I would call it information rather than a, than a mirror. You know, before being on computers all the time, we walked out the front door and I don't know, there was our dog and if we were a bit pitchy and agitated the dog would reflect that back to us. So do you know what I mean? Yeah. That, mm-hmm. So so I think that I, I'm really wanting to know in your in your experience, what is it that you feel has allowed you most deeply to to cultivate your capacity to let go of all of that and to drop in to your body, to drop in to your soul and to to move and live and breathe from her in the way that you are now?
2: Um, well... Could you ask that question again? Because I want to make sure I feel it. I just want to make sure I I
1: answer it. Um, It's funny. The simple version of of it would be, what would I need? What would I need to cultivate within myself? What uh, traits and characteristics just don't feel quite right, but what would I need to to do, to explore, to reveal, to practice in order to deepen my trust of my soul's path? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, um, mm-hmm.
2: I don't know how to answer that specifically, but I do, I can say that the practice of trusting my soul also feels like a practice of loving my soul. That, oh, that my. trust and love, they, they feel very interchangeable for me when it comes to this path and when it comes to my soul. Oh, my. Um, because I, I know all of us are asked or consent. When something needs to shift in our life or just inside ourselves and to know that it is true for us, that this isn't just something we are making up or because we read a book or because our spiritual tradition, you know, believes in it, it, yes. it, it is, it is a, I feel like it, it is the process that we each yeah. have to go through in order to embody our soul, that 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 it's not quick and easy, that the struggle of knowing, Mm. is this trustable? Is this my soul? Or is this something else, another part of me or an external influence is a huge alchemical necessity. Um, It's something that I feel like many of us while we can have more ease with it, the more practice, the more familiar we become with our own soul mm-hmm. and how it communicates with us and how it feels mm-hmm. in our body and how it feels as life pressing up against us in the external world, it's still something we will be inquiring about if we are serious about this level of inner work probably for the rest of our lives because we are aware of the myriad facets of our psyche and of the myriad things outside of us. But I do know um, the trust and love, especially I would say it's been with me since nine years ago um, when I met Marion Whitman. It was with me throughout Red Hot and Holy where my soul was nudging me to really let go of my spiritual career and so many things that felt right and so many things that felt like they were being of service to this planet and of service to the divine feminine. So it was a real mind fuck, like a massive mind fuck. Yeah. (laughs) And, and then also, you know, especially with revelations to reveal publicly, you know, what this Mm. part of my human soul is um, I do not know a greater act of trust that I have performed in my life, but as I said before, it feels exactly like a demonstration of love for my soul. I love, yes,
1: yes, absolutely. And I could also feel in there a feeling of
2: patience. Mm, oh gosh, yeah. Right? <laughs> Yeah, I patience. feel like if there's if there's a word that comes with soul work, it's wait. <laughs> like yeah. Just wait, yeah. like it's just everything it's, it's has patience. a very a yeah. very um particular timing to it.
1: Mm. Patience is incredibly important. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Pleasure. Okay, I'm going to open the lines. So the first question is coming from. Uh, John Balty, and I hope I pronounced that correctly, So from San Francisco. So, John, I'm opening your line. Now, go ahead. It's so funny. I'm not a John.
0: I'm a Janelle. But it must Oh, be Janelle. <laughs> I am that. It's Janelle. You. It's a girl. It's just, it's just bringing him in. I love it. I know we are. Of course we're bringing him in. He's all part of it. So
1: it's
0: so funny because I had one question to start with, and now I feel like it needs to switch, but I might kind of segue. I love what you just said about waiting. It's going to make me cry because I feel like my entire journey has been, okay, wait, wait, wait. But to that end, I have a question uh, kind of about the waiting part. I have a question about your practices that you do in person. I know that you've got a lot of stuff that's coming up, and I know you can get really deep in group work. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about what that that experience is like, what that process is like um, of being in soul with other people.
2: Mm. <laughs> well, um, Janelle, it's so good to hear from you. And um, I feel like probably many of you do that there is nothing quite like being in person. Um, I know for me that was key, for instance, with Marion Woodman, that I've listened to her, I watched videos, I read her books. But it wasn't until I was in front of her that I was really able to have that body-to-body, soul-to-soul awareness and just felt sense. Um, I love doing group work um, because I notice and I each person and their soul becomes one in a way that is so natural and in a way that invokes the whole group. And so the connection that I see happening between each soul body. Um, is something that is very hard to put into words but it is something that feels to me like oh my god finally (laughs) you know like finally we're being real like finally we're alive like finally we're together (laughs) finally we're just being ourselves and it's just it's a space to me that is the most precious it's imperfect it's hilarious it's holy it's fucking crazy authentic and the stuff that goes down um during group work or soul retreats i don't even i'm like i don't get it i can't understand it with my mind but like i said before just my whole body is just relieved and it's just a big giant yes um and i have to say the people who show up to these retreats um They're extraordinary. They are, it's them that are running it. It's the humans and their souls. I mostly am doing my best just to keep up with them. And (laughs) it (laughs) truly, and so to witness that, to me, to be in the presence of these people as they are reconnecting and as they are just embodying and living themselves out loud in this way is my greatest honor and my greatest joy and it's something that i just feel so grateful for is that helpful janelle
0: oh absolutely i just <laughs> love hearing her talk about it yeah. i just love hearing yeah. her talk about the because it's you know i yeah because i know things are coming up and uh i just yeah. you know Wonderful to hear talk about it. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you, Lisa. (laughs) Thank you so much, Janelle. Janelle.
1: Bye, my love. Thank you, Janelle. I'm going to Mm -hmm. mute your line. And the next question that has come up is from Lara Brecken. We'll see who we get, but it says Lara Brecken at the moment. Let's have a
0: look. I am Lara. Lara, you You are Lara. Sarah, yes. <laughs> oh, it's great to talk to you, Sarah. I, I absolutely love your books, and they've had such a huge impact on me. Um, quickly, so two years ago, I quit my corporate job, left a relationship of five years, and moved my daughter and I to a new city to because I felt my soul was calling me to do so. And um, I started a coaching business called True to Soul Life Coaching because. I felt that that was my journey and I wanted to help others um, after I got my coaching certification to, to, to do the same, to follow their soul's path because what kept me from doing it was so much fear um, and, and I lived that way for so many years and um, it didn't quite work out the way I had planned <laughs> and now I, am, I had to put in my, um, my notice of my apartment. And, and I, I need to be out at the end of the month. I, I, I went through my 401k. Um, money kept showing up to pay my bills until two months ago. And then it dried up completely. And I haven't been able to get a job. I haven't been able to get clients. And it has been the most confusing. I mean, you talk about in the red terms of how confused you were. And, and that's how I feel. Because... Not only did I take this leap of faith, but I also started a business to encourage others to do it. And here I am two weeks from either either eking out something out or being homeless. I have nowhere to go. My family's not supportive. And so it's just been really wild. Um, but my my question is regarding... A lot of, you touched on this very briefly, but the spiritual tools that were given, the vision boards and the affirmations and you know the meditations and and being choosing your words carefully and all of these things that were given, sort of in, I don't know, it almost seems like a more elementary spiritual state in a way, because I've done all of that. I have trusted. I have. I have I have done everything. And I get it from the outside where people are saying, "Oh, well, you're not. You're not vibrationally in the right place, and that's why you're you're not seeing any results." And um if you only did this, if you only did that, then you would be um moving forward. And
2: um I I'm curious what your thoughts are about that. Mm-hmm. Well, First, just thank you for sharing all that, and um, I'm so sorry for just the mind fuck, you know, and the intensity that you're in right now. I know that can be unbelievably confusing and very scary not to know what is coming next, um, where you're going to live, you know, how money is going to come in, especially as you mentioned, you have a daughter. So I just want to say I really feel you um, and any soul support I can offer you um, outside of this interview, just please know that I am here. Um, Yeah, and and I also want to try to, you know, bridge it out to other people as well because you brought up some just excellent themes and points. Um, some of which I know we're familiar with, but they're still really, they're very hard. Um, and they're, and, but it's something that's very important I have found is that, you know, following our soul's guidance does not guarantee or even specifically lead to things like success or comfort or money or a career. Mine pretty much keeps crashing mine so I mean if I could give you an example like I don't have a place to live right now like I have you know like this is this is not a path you know money I'm like huh like my car just died like there's this is not a path that has ever proven to me that it is going to stimulate or necessarily reflect uh what the new age or some spiritual paradigms might complete with like material abundance in my life and and so it is kind of twice now done the opposite in some pretty big ways um it's so unique for each of us i also want to say it's not going to guarantee that (laughs) so anyone out there is like this, sure. i am not going this whole back yeah. i i'm
1: like, going for the mansion and the ferrari not the soul exactly bring on the
2: vision board yeah like no, no yeah. this is so i want to make sure you know this is very unique to, to each of us but but i i do want to say that that is <laughs> that it is important to know that um it's it's real it is scary it is life really up in our face it is not some magical mystical fairy land it pushes us to see and to feel aspects of ourselves and life that we might be terrified of or we might have turned our back on it makes us feel and do things that feel like the opposite of what is spiritual that mm-hmm. it often is through the oh, that man. exact process of being squeezed that hard that we come even closer to soul, to body, to life, to love. And it doesn't fucking make sense in the process. It's like what we were saying earlier. Like I'm really aware and I'm kind of jumbling around right now because I know anything that I say to you, you're kind of like, what else? I'm in this. Like, this is for real. Like, I have bills. I have a daughter. And at the same time, I want to tell you, not just from my experience, but from many people's experience, that this is this grand swan dive into mystery and that none of us can tell you what is going to happen to you. But we can guarantee that if you keep your heart glued to your soul's heart, if you keep every day inviting your soul in and being like, what's next? I don't get it. This is fucking scary. I followed you. What the fuck now? If you keep that conversation going, things will start showing up, even if it's just a feeling in your body that for the next five minutes, you're safe and your daughter is safe and you're going to be okay.
0: Yeah, thank
2: you. but you do you do have this, Laura, and your soul does have you, and there yeah. is a massive network of soul sisters on this planet that are either hearing this or feeling this, yeah. and are here to support you in this because it is brave, bold work you are doing, and you are not alone, and you are gonna be okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) Wonderful to hear you say that. I appreciate that. Yeah, and please stay in contact with me. Thank you. I will. I will. Okay.
1: Thank you. And Sarah, I want to say as well, I just want to highlight an underline with a big yellow highlighter and a red underline, big fat marker. Who are you talking to is, like just 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 keep talking to your own soul just,
2: mm-hmm. that that
1: mm-hmm. that just keep thats that's what came to me is who you're talking to Just keep talking to your own soul, so thank you mm. okay, We have come to a little bit past the hour, so Sarah, I just want to really thank you before we close. Is there anything else that you're beautiful soul feels she must say before we complete this conversation. Just continue to trust yourself
2: and love yourself and be yourself. Those three things are so key and you don't have to be perfect at it. In fact, you shouldn't be perfect at it. That's how you know it's real and that you're Mm. not alone. And please come play with me in person. I have retreats. I have other things coming up, but I just love the body-to-body yeah. contact and just being with all of you, human-to-human. Human. It's, it's an exchange that I crave. Um, I do hope to meet each of you at some point in the future in some way.
1: And so just for those of you, uh, let me just give you Sarah's website. So it's sarabeak.com, S-E-R-A-B-E-A-K.com. If you have a chance to go to one of Sarah's retreats, do follow your soul and get your ass there because uh, this is a very, very tiny taste of, uh, of the deep dive that you would be able to explore with Sarah. So, And Sarah, you have one coming up very soon, don't you?
2: Um, yes. I have a few spaces left in my annual Women's Soul Fire Retreat, which starts actually in about a, in a week, July 22nd, um, and it's the real deep dive. Um, we have okay, a tremendous great. amount of fun as well, but I also have one on Labor Day at Eshelin in California
1: fantastic sarah thank you so much it's been a delight to spend an hour with you and and i really appreciate you all you do seen and unseen all you are seen and unseen and everything that you've shared for our listeners today really deep bow and thank you
2: Thank you so much for having me and for being such an incredible conversationalist and sharing your deep, deep wisdom. I felt it.
1: (laughs) It was an honor. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Okay, everybody. We will see you next time. In the meantime, go with your soul. Go with your soul. Thank you, everyone. Lots of love and bye for now.
0: You're listening to a recording by Lisa Page. For further information about events, programs, or mentoring, please visit www.lisapage.com.
1: That's L-I-S-A-P-A-G-E dot com.